0: Hello my friends, Peggy Moore here with Discover Your Personal Power podcast. Lots of fun things are happening here at Discover Your Personal Power. I just opened a cute little shop online that has inspirational t-shirts, hand-stamped bracelets and jewelry to keep you inspired all day long. It has lots of smelly soaps and bath scrubs and bath bombs and lotions and all kinds of fun things to add to your self-care toolbox. So check it out at bit.ly, which is B-I-T dot L-Y backslash personal power specialty shop. I'd love to know what you guys think. I can also create something just for you. I have custom made orders. So shoot me an email at peggy.more.lifecoach at gmail.com, and I'll leave both those links in the show notes. And then let me know what you would like. I would love to make something unique and special just for you. I make all my designs with Adobe InDesign, which has beautiful fonts and colors and photos. So let me know what you want. Today we're talking about creating change on purpose. Simon Sinek says, most of us live our lives by accident. We live life as it happens. Fulfillment comes when we live our lives on purpose. And I love that. And so that's kind of the theme of this podcast today. Maybe you have a bad habit you would like to change, or maybe you have a new habit that you would like to create. Today, we're going to talk about creating that change on purpose. What are some things you may want to change in your life? Uh, You may want to learn a new skill or become better physically fit or learn a new language, or break a bad habit. Whatever it is that you may want to change in your life, we're gonna talk a little bit about why making that change can seem so daunting and how we can make that change stick more successfully. So changes, as I discussed last week, upset the homeostasis of our lives. And I talked a little bit about that last week, so I won't go into detail. But even when the change is what we want, it can be difficult to manage. Most of our life is spent just living, going through the motions, somewhat on autopilot, letting our habits kind of run our lives. Habits are choices we make so regularly and so consistently over time that they have carved out very nice, efficient pathways in our brain. Habits seem to be automatic because most of the time we do them without even thinking. Our brain is like this, forging through on the path of least resistance. Doing things the way we've always done them. Living life being comfortable, which is fine and good if you like being comfortable. And I think we all like being comfortable. But I also think that there's always something or somewhere or something that we would like to see improvement or change in our lives. It may be a habit that we want to change or a new skill that we want to learn. But there's always something that we want to see different in our life. Habits that we may want to change may be behaviors that are used to deal with stress or boredom. Sometimes these are called buffering behaviors because we use them to buffer or escape emotions that we don't want to feel. We're stressed, so we snack more, or we go on a little shopping spree to provide some retail therapy and give us a little boost of happy hormones, or we're bored, so we eat a snack, or we decide to just veg on the couch and allow our mind to escape into the lives of others as we watch show after show after show on Netflix. None of these behaviors are particularly bad in and of themselves. But buffering emotions with behaviors that are not ultimately in line with our values and goals causes us distress in the long run. Buffering is the activities or behaviors that we use to create instant pleasure for ourselves to avoid negative consequences or negative emotions. It can be over drinking, over eating, impulse shopping, binge watching Netflix like I said, or mindlessly scrolling on social media. All these activities feel good at the moment, but each can end up having long-term consequences that we really don't like or want. So whether you're using these strategies to buffer emotions or you just have some habits that you'd like to change on purpose, let's talk for a minute about why it's so hard to change. Remember our primitive brain or our emotional brain? This part of our brain likes to work on routine and habit. It likes to take the path that is well-worn, cemented even. Well, when we propose change, that part of our brain doesn't like it and it comes up with all kinds of thoughts about why that change would not be good. Some of those thoughts may be keeping us from creating the change that we want most in our lives. Some of these thoughts are fear, fear of the unknown, not wanting to be uncomfortable, fear of uncertainty, fear of failure, or of not being good enough, not having enough time, waiting for a sign, perfectionism, and just feeling like wanting you want to change, but not knowing exactly how to get the change that you want. All of these are just thoughts, thoughts that we can write out on paper and then problem-solve. Fear of the unknown can turn into possibilities of the future. Our brain so often wants to go the direction of, what if I fail? Change that thought to, what if I succeed? Just a little shift in your mindset. Write down all the possibilities of success. Let those drive your change. I was listening to a podcast the other day and the guy told a story of a couple of friends that were talking about trying out to perform in a major event. One of them kept saying, but what if we don't make it? We probably won't make it. We're not really that good because of this or because of that. And the other kid said, well, we've already not made it. Let's see if we can make it. What a great mindset. Let's just see if we can make it. Let's just try. Another reason why we may be uncomfortable trying to create change is the fear of being uncomfortable. I'm listening to this audiobook called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Oh my gosh, you guys. Powerful story. This man is pretty awesome and has overcome some enormous obstacles in his life. He says change always sounds good when you're sitting on the couch, sitting in your air conditioning house on your comfy couch with a few snacks by your side, but change can't occur in your comfort zone. He says if you live in your comfort zone too long, that becomes your norm. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So just remember, change can be uncomfortable, but think of how you'll feel after you have mastered that new skill or changed that bad habit that has been bothering you for a while, or conquered and crushed limits that you never even knew that you could conquer. The next obstacle that may deter us from creating the change that we want to see is fear of failure. We need to remember that failure is just a stepping stone to success. The more you fail, the more you learn. I wanna tell you a story about a little boy who was born in the late 1800s. His family moved around a lot and he attended about six different schools before the age of 10. Like most young people at that time, he was expected to work on the family farm and pretty much left school at the age of 10, receiving about a fourth grade education. He became an apprentice to a local printer who printed German and English newspapers. As most young men would be in a printing shop, he was bored and one day accidentally dropped his hat into the printing press. He was immediately fired, so his mother got him another apprentice shop in a candy shop. At 14 years old, young Milton began learning the craft of creating confections, and in 1876, at the age of 19, he moved to Philadelphia, using $150 that his mom had given him to start his own business, which failed miserably. Then he decided to travel to Denver to work at a local confection shop there, learning how to make caramels with fresh milk. He traveled to New Orleans and Chicago looking for opportunities and nothing reached out to him. He ended up in New York City where he started a second business. This business was successful at first, but then failed only lasting three years. And in 1886, he shut the doors on that business. At that time, he started Lancaster Carmel Company which was a great success and when he sold it seven years later, he used the proceeds to purchase some equipment at the World's Columbian Exposition and began experimenting with boiled milk, sugar, and cacao beans in an effort to create milk chocolate. The first Hershey bar was produced in 1908 and the rest is history. Milton Hershey was able to create a business that 125 years later still thrives today. He was able to provide special treats for servicemen during World War II, making over 24 million chocolate bars a week just to provide a special treat for our troops. Milton Hershey said, My experience has shown me that the people who are exceptionally good in business aren't so because of what they know, but because of their insatiable need to know more. With each failed business, he learned new skills that created all the yummy chocolates we have now and a company that had over 2 million in sales in the first quarter in 2020. Thank goodness for Milton. Thank goodness that he learned from his failures that failure is just a stepping stone for success. Sherman Finesilver said, don't worry about failure, worry about the chances you miss when you don't even try. Write it out in your journal. Make a list of what is working and what is not working. You can't change what you're not aware of. You can't change your thoughts or your actions if you're not aware of them. Dig into that primitive part of your brain using your prefrontal cortex or executive functioning part of the brain to bring yourself to consciousness and pay attention to what is going on in the current situation. If you're trying to deny the possibility of destructive behaviors or bad habits, then change is not going to happen. We can't change what we don't know. So be curious. If you find yourself with a habit or behavior that you want to change, question yourself. Hmm, I wonder why I do that. What events are precipitating this behavior? Here's an example. I'm a huge late night snacker. I can count every calorie that goes in my mouth for breakfast, lunch and dinner, exercise and be right on track with my eating plan and then the bewitching hour hits and I just want to eat everything in sight. I want chips or crackers and chocolate and at that point of the day I'm tired and all my motivation has gone straight out the door. This behavior or habit has caused me to really struggle with my weight and left out of control can lead to significant weight gain. COVID-10, I ate myself to COVID-25 and nothing flat. I had to take a deep breath and be curious. Straight up willpower will only get you so far. I had to ask myself, why was I snacking? Was I legitimately hungry? Was I bored? Was I nervous? Was I letting all the anxiety of this COVID craziness get to me? I had to do some journaling. I had to identify the triggers and the emotions and the thoughts involved with this counterproductive behavior that was sabotaging my fitness goals. Sometimes this can take a lot of digging deep. Sometimes we like to say things like, I don't know why I do that. And I want to propose to you that that is not true. Deep down, you know. It just may take some time to figure it out. But you're worth it. Take the time. Often when this is our go-to phrase, it's because we have buffered our emotions with the behavior for so long and it has become such an automatic behavior that our brain really doesn't want to work to find the solutions to figure it out. But true change relies on self-evaluation and self-evaluation relies on interpretation. Interpretation is where our primitive brain may say, it's okay, we don't need to change that bad habit we're actually not that bad. This is known as positive illusions. Positive illusions are unrealistically favorable attitudes that people have toward themselves or to people that are close to them. Positive illusions are a form of self-deception or self-enhancement that may feel good, maintain self-esteem, and avoid discomfort, at least in the short term. Positive illusions can create a huge problem with regard to change. They can make it hard to orient themselves and get a clear picture of the problem. A perfect example of this is addictions. Individuals that suffer from addiction often rationalize their behavior and justify their reasons. This is where journaling and tracking and being curious can come in handy. If I write down that I'm drinking a bottle of wine every night for seven nights... The cold hard truth might devalue the positive illusion that it's okay, it's just wine. I just need a couple of glasses to relax. Just a handful of Triscuits here and there. And then the next thing you know, the whole box is gone and my body is now completely full of simple carbs and lots of salt, which is a not so good combination. So use your journal, write some things down, be curious, do some self evaluation and interpretation. As we dig deeper and figure out the triggers, the emotions, and the thoughts that are driving behaviors, we can learn our breakpoints. Breakpoints are where you can stop the behavior before it happens. So understanding the thoughts that create your emotions and drive your behavior will help you learn how to change your thoughts, change your emotions, and change the behaviors that you want to change. Remember, positive change begins with our thoughts. It begins in our head. We choose our thoughts. So making an effort to create positive thoughts about the change that you want to make is the best way to drive the behavior that you want to create on purpose. Next, there are a few more strategies that we can use to create the change that we want in our life. Remember, habits are driven by triggers or cues, routine and reward we just talked about triggers now let's talk about routine how can you change your routine to create a system that makes it difficult for you to do the thing that you don't want to do and easier to do the thing that you do want to do how many of you have ever left your ATM card in the ATM machine after you got your money you'd probably have to be a little older to have done this I know my husband and I both have done this but When ATM machines first came out, you put your card in, put in your PIN, chose your options, got your money, and then you got your card. Because so many people were focused on the money, they often forgot their ATM cards in the machine. Meaning that sometimes someone else found it and took the opportunity to place some fraudulent charges at your expense, or you simply had to call your bank for a new one. Banks were so frustrated with this problem that they changed the environment. You now get your card back before you get your money. Brilliant. Now ATM users suddenly lose their card in the ATM machine because they're forced to take their card before they get their money. Change of environment. Changing the environment is about finding ways to make it easier to practice your new habit and harder to relax back into your old one. Currently, there's no chocolate in my house, no chips, no crackers or cookies, at least not the ones that I like. And when we were first faced with quarantine and having to shelter in place, which is what we had to do here in Japan when this COVID thing started, I of course, like everyone else, went to the grocery store to stock up on snacks. I stored up those snacks like a bear ready to hibernate for the winter. Well, my COVID snacks are gone and I am battling the bulge. I still want those late-night snacks, but there's literally none in my house. And at the moment, that is my plan to keep it that way. This is changing the environment. Figure out strategic ways to make your goals and new habits happen. Work on creating small changes. Check out the book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. My cute one and only son-in-law, Quentin, mentioned this book to me and it is awesome. Clear says not to underestimate the value of making small improvements on a daily basis. Too often we convince ourselves that massive success requires massive actions when really it is the small and steady changes done consistently that add up to great change. Small changes add up to big success. Each small change, each small success can be written in your journal. David Groggins calls it your cookie jar. Fill your cookie jar with all your small successes. And when you need a boost of self-confidence, you have the proof that you have been successful. This helps to create the emotions of happiness, satisfaction, and achievement that boost your why and drive momentum. Keeping track of these small successes is important. How many of you guys have kids? And how many of you have used some kind of sticker chart or smiley face, reward system or similar technique to get your kids to do chores or potty train or create a new habit. Well, that works for them. It also works for us. Who doesn't like a sticker chart? I have several charts in my office that I put smiley faces on or stars on, depending on what I'm working at. I even have one for this podcast. Every time I do a new podcast, I write it on my board. Right now, my goal is to get to 25, and then it'll be to 50, and then to 100. But celebrating the small wins creates emotions that help to drive momentum. Success and momentum are good for the primitive brain. It proves to yourself you can do it. Remember, our primitive brain likes what is easy. So it can easily get discouraged, demoralized, spooked, or derailed. Feed it with positive self-talk and small successes and learn how to leverage your momentum to create the lasting changes that you want. Next, I want to talk about knowing your why. Why do you want to change this habit? Or why do you want to start a new habit? I love Simon Sinek's Power of Why TED Talk. Look it up. The why is what drives us. The why is usually in your core values and your beliefs. What is really important to you? What core values are driving your behavior? What benefits are you going to get from this new behavior? Simon Sinek says, most of us live our lives by accident. We live life as it happens. Fulfillment comes when we live our lives on purpose. Your why speaks to your primitive brain. Because remember, your primitive brain is also your emotional brain. It likes to drive behavior based on emotion. Your primitive brain does not care about the rationale that eating junk food at night is going to make you eventually feel icky and have heartburn and not be able to fit into your pants. It only thinks about the pleasure of the here and now and the emotions that are created with the dopamine hit you get from eating chocolate. Your emotional brain does not see the benefit of getting up at five o'clock in the morning for a workout when you're tired and your bed is oh so comfy. Your rational brain has to train your emotional brain. Your rational brain has to train your thoughts that drive your why and create the emotions that you want in your primitive brain. True change is created with feelings and emotions. It's realizing, I can do this. I can choose. I'm in charge. When you figure out your why, you're better able to align your beliefs and core values with your choices and behaviors. You consciously choose your thoughts that create your emotions, the emotion of why, that drives your behavior. You're able to make some intentional decisions and choices during your day. You live your life on purpose. Take some time and find the feeling that creates power and purpose for you. Take the time to write in your journal and figure out your why. Find the feelings that create purpose and motivation. What feelings work for you? Many of us, myself included, often try to work from fear. We use fear to motivate us into change. While choosing to make a change in our life based on something we're afraid of may help us initiate change, but we need more than that to sustain long-lasting change. Fear can work, but there's a better way. Dangle the carrot instead of crack the whip. Use your why and create motivations and purpose to create change. Motivate yourself by the desire to achieve your goals instead of fear of failing to achieve them. If you taste it often, the sweetness of success adds up and change will be much sweeter than cracking that whip. Next, plan for obstacles. As you're being curious about your triggers and your primitive brain is throwing out obstacles left and right, like you don't have time for that, or you're too busy, or you just don't have the smarts enough, or the strength to meet that goal, write them down in your journal. Write all of those crazy excuses that your primitive brain gives you and come up with a few more. What are the obstacles that are going to be in your way to meet this goal? Then you can choose ahead of time how you're going to conquer each of those bumps in the road. You've got this, my friends. Let's create the change that we want to see and live our lives on purpose. Have a great week. And remember, if you like this podcast, please leave me a review on iTunes. I would love to hear from you. Have a great week until we meet again, my friends.